Everybody concentrating? Yes. Are you? Yes! Right now, listen very carefully to the following scene. We shall have an important question for you to answer at the end. So pay attention. Right? Sirs, welcome to the club El Caraway, the seediest place in town. <laughs> What's the password, please? Here's five shillings and shut up. Quite correct, sir. <laughs> Follow me and I'll show you to your table. Table, this is John and David. John and David, what's that? Mm, I think it likes us. And this, sirs, is, is Jasmine, one of our hostesses. Fasten your safety belts, please. <laughs> we shall be taking off very shortly. We'll be taking off then. What a joint. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and this... And this is Agnes, our topless waitress. Very nasty accident, that one. Mm. <laughs> right, you know what we're here for. I think I can guess from your short trousers and little neckerchief. Yes, we're talent scouts. <laughs> so, bring on the cabaret. Certainly. Ah, sirs, we now invite you to abandon yourselves to the primitive surging erotic rhythms of the new Tangled Fango. Thank you. I'm sorry, hurry that again. I'm sorry, I'll read that again. I'm sorry, I'll read that. I'm sorry, I'll read that. I'm sorry, I'll read that again. Or not. Right, that's enough of that. Were you all concentrating? That was our new signature tune. We went to an awful lot of trouble to get the right atmosphere for you. Personally, I found it unbearably erotic. So I hope you will show your appreciation in the usual way. So well, back to the drawing board. Yes, once again, the primitive surging erotic rhythms of the old fangled prune tune. Ring to the microphone the primitive surging erotic voices of old fangled Tim Brooke Taylor, John Cleese, David Hatch, Joe Kendall, and Bilotti. And that can only mean. Oh, no! It's I'm sorry I'll read that again! Again! <laughs> And now we look at the pill. Small, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and now on with the programme. In this week's Sorry Travelogue, we pose the question, why do more and more people go abroad for their holidays every year? And today we show you something of what Britain has to offer in the way of entertainment, scenery, peace and quiet. And then you'll know why more and more people go abroad for their holidays. And now, here is our roving reporter. A roving, a roving, a roving is my uh, reward. Tim Brown Windsor, who has just returned from his visit to... The Land of Song. Yes, today's subject is Wales. There's evil! At the Cardiff Town Hall, I asked to see the Lord Mayor, but as it was St David's Day, I was told he had just popped out for a leak. So I... Re I... I... Re Returned to the dockland where I caught sight of a fishing smack. Naughty fish. <laughs> and I asked a local mariner how Tiger Bay really got its name. How did Tiger Bay really got its name? <laughs> well, about okay, when there were wolves in Wales, this bay was full of tigers, you see, and people used to come from miles around just for the tiger fishing, look you. They do say that Evans the milk fished one out that was 12 foot long and it took 14 men to hold it down while Evans stuffed a couple of shrimps up its nose and suffocated to death. <laughs> I think you're spinning a yarn. No, but I'm just shooting a lion. But, 
but I didn't spend long in Tiger Bay. They fished me out almost at once. And I set off into the famous Black Mountains, past Clenechley and Clendovery, past lovely clakes and down leafy lanes, till I reached at last the little village of Merthelated. This is the true spirit of Wales, with its with its tiny, crumbling Welsh cottages full of tiny, crumbling Welsh. In a little town like this, the world seems to revolve around the village green, especially just after closing time, <laughs> when most of the village is pretty green. But on the green, I stopped to talk to a charming lady in top hat and tails, the postmistress, Megan the Mail. Megan, you must find a... <laughs> you must find a village like this to be a pretty tight-knit community. Oh, yes. This community is some of the tightest knits I've ever seen. What I mean is, it must be a great joy to live in this quiet, poetic atmosphere. Oh, yes. At dawn each day, I look out my rose petal back door at the sun rising, pillar box red from the slow black, crow black scum of the sea, and lighting the barn grooves of the purity white, shell pink, crab apple green cottages. And I stand on my humble, crumbled doorstep, and I cry out, Where's the bloody milk, then? Of course, keeping a keen eye on his flock is the village pastor, the Reverend Die Laughing. Mr. Laughing, Mr. Laughing, the people of this village must give you a lot of pleasure. No, only a few, I'm afraid. Very <laughs> Only a few. Only a few, yes. Very backward. Backward, are they? But surely you know some real characters. Oh, yes, I do indeed. Well, you know, there's Mog in the Milk and Who in the Rent. And over there's a village simpleton. He's the town hall lavatory attendant, known as Thomas the John. (laughs) Then, of course, there's my choir master, Mr. Evans. He lives in the flat just over my chapel. He's known as Evans above. He's a nice man. Good heavens, yes. Yes, yes. Oh, yes, and hang on a minute. He's got a wife. Why, steady member, a wife who makes wonderful homemade perfume. Perfume? Perfume, yes. Seven cents, that's called. I thought it would be called that. Oh, wait a minute. One more. One more over there. Over there. Over there in his Bible black frock coat. That's the village undertaker. Die the death. And he did. I thought it was... Yes, very good. I've got a lot more. Oh, yes, but at that, at that moment, he had to rush off to catch a fist. So I set off in search of Welsh music and poetry, arriving at last at Llangollen. I heard the festival choir beginning, so I crept quietly in to listen and record them. We'll keep a welcome in the hillside. We'll keep a from the BBC. Well, we're all strictly amateur, see, and we don't appear on radio or television, unless we're paid. (laughs) Well, of course, we couldn't do that. So I left Wales. What, then, has it to offer the Englishman, apart from very little? Well, you'll find you save a lot of money, because nothing is ever open. And there is always the Welsh poetry. Always. (laughs) And 
And now, over to the operating theatre. Nurse, if you insist on bringing sex into this room, I shall have to ask you to take your skirt off. Right. Now, come along. Snap out of it. Hmm. Now, um... Uh, temperature okay? Yes. Breathing? Yes. Blood pressure normal? Yes. Good. Bring the patient in, then. He's on the trolley. So he is. Well, let's have a look, shall we? Hmm. Thin legs, nasty scratches, four nasty large wheels. That's the trolley. Well, I can't treat it now, can I? I've got a patient to deal with. Where are you? Ah, yes. Hello, patient. Now, what do you fancy, a boy or a girl? Neither, actually. Really? <laughs> I like girls. Um, get undressed, nurse. Don't you mean get him undressed? What do you think I am, kinky? <laughs> Just uh, check him over. Check him over for bruises, hands, knees. And bumps. Very good, yes. And breathe in. <gasps> and breathe out. Good. You feeling all right? Yes, fine, thank you. What are you doing here, then? You're wasting my time. You said you wanted to operate. Oh, did I? Why did I say that? Oh, yes, I was bored. Yes, very well. Now, are you listening, nurse? Yes. Knife? Knife. Cotton wool? Cotton wool. Half a dozen eggs? A dozen eggs. And a bacon sandwich. sandwich. I'll have those back here by the time I finish. <laughs> oh, uh, wait a moment, nurse. On second thoughts, have you seen this kind of operation before? Oh, yes. Good. Well, stick around, then. I haven't. <laughs> right. Hold my hand. I mean, uh, put your mask on. Ow! Oh! Not that one. Mouse, but leave out the vampire's teeth and no dropping horrible hairy spiders in while I'm operating, right? Good. Now, listen here, patient. Yes, sir. We're going to operate and you're going to have to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Well, go on. I can't just go to sleep, though. All right, nurse. Mallet. Ah. Right, and now to work. Where's my mask? I can't see my mask. It's over your eyes. Good. I'd rather not look. <laughs> there it goes, then. Scissors. Scissors. Cut a long dotted line and fold back. <laughs> and open him up. Uh huh. Kidneys, liver, good big heart. What can you make of those, nurse? Good soup. Good. Yes. Mm. Yes. Now what do I do? Have a look at the book, will you, nurse? Chapter 12. Slowly and carefully, Dr. Paul curled his suntan fingers... Suntan fingers? ...the shining instrument. Shining instrument. He smiled tenderly at the trembling nurse. Smile at the trembling nurse? But he carefully manipulated the left artery. Aha! Left artery. Good. Hold this, please. Certainly. Go to sleep. Ah! Right, this is the difficult bit. Mm. Ah. Yes. Mm. Nurse, turn that record off. I can't concentrate. That's it. Quick, nurse. Is that water boiling? Yes. Good. I'll have black with two lumps. Wake up, patient. Wake up. Sleep. That about that. I was rather good. Nurse, can you put that record on now? Quickly. Quickly. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we now turn to a very sad case. <laughs> My lid won't shut. Um, and now? I'm gonna live, I'm gonna live it up, I'm gonna live, I'm gonna fill my cup, I'm gonna drink to life, and then I'll live some more. I'm gonna live, 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 and never count the score. I'm gonna live, 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 live. I'm gonna live, I'm gonna shout hooray, I'm gonna live, live, cause it's a great, great day. I'll live, 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 I'm gonna sing and shout, I'm gonna live, live, that's what it's all. 
scientists everywhere are saying that the March of Science has brought us very close to the future. The, the March, March of Science has brought us very close to the future. Without any clothes at all. <laughs> Magnificent six and a half with six big stars and Bill Arden in a wonderful story set way in the future. I want it now. Ladies and gentlemen, we give you all hands on Venus. Or listen to this space. How wonderful it was to be with Captain Marvellous. As we made our preparations, we worked hand in glove. This slowed us down, but it was more fun. <laughs> we were both looking forward to our lift-off on Blast Day, or B-Day as the French have it. <laughs> and don't the French have it? On, on B-Day minus one, we were called in for our briefing by our ground patrol, Major Disaster. Uh, now, men, if I can just give you all your waste... Corporal Honey, yours are the pink ones. And Captain Marvellous, yours are the hunting tartan. Now, your destination is Venus. We think someone's supplying her with small arms. <laughs> they don't fit, but they could be dangerous. Right, off you go. As the hour for takeoff approached, we sat tensely waiting for the first huge thrust that would mark the end of a countdown that had lasted three whole days. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero, minus one, minus two, minus three. Sorry! <laughs> Slowly, the sleek, steely body, brimming with power, lifted itself off the ground. Yes, John Cleese was doing press-ups again. <laughs> with Captain Marvellous in the air, the rocket soon followed. <laughs> with a jolt, Corporal Honey felt the increasing pressure on his body. Get your hands off my body. Oh. <laughs> Look, I'm losing weight. It's the atmosphere. No, it's the lemon juice and water biscuits. Oh. <laughs> As the rocket ship Banana nosed silently into space, Private Enterprise came dashing up from the engine room. Sir, sir, get on the radio. Okay. How do I look? Very nice. Hello, sir. Quick, get on the intercom. Right. Hello, base. Hello, Banana. That's not base. Hello, Banana. Oh, that's better. <laughs> it's marvellous here. Well, it's rotten here. Raining all day, not a wink yes, of sunshine. Yes, yes, yes. Put me through to major disaster. A disaster here. I want it then. I don't know. I'm, I'm surrounded by it. The toast was burning. Honey? <laughs> Would you like to rustle me up an omelette? Certainly. Omelette. Thank you. <laughs> and to follow, I'll have a ferret mignon and... <laughs> or as they say, a ferret mignon, a smoked puma and cheese and a Barclay with a chateau bottle, Puyac, a 55 vintage, warm side of the hill, hand-trodden by the feet of Bavarian peasants. Right, here you are. Four pills? That's all we've got. Pills? Food, drink. Is there anything we don't get in pill form? <laughs> ah, yes, the things I left behind. Not your teeth. No, 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 not my teeth. <laughs> uh, slim oyster hiatus and his yodeling gnats. <laughs> well, you see, in any good space script, a woman's stowaway would enter at this point. Hello, everybody. 
But then he's not a very good space creature. <laughs> on and on they went until one day... Ah, I see from the window we are nearing a planet. Corporal Honey? Sir. Assemble the men. And I never even had to ask. Come on, men, I've got to gather you. Come on, all together now, everyone here. Will you two keep quiet? Now, men. <laughs> what I'm about to say may not make any sense to you. Right, ten, hamster, Gurundestein, snappy poppity, feet, drutch, kaplink, plunk, Ferdeheim, Mergishnack, or not. Everyone understand? Yes, sir. No more stupid than I took you for. <laughs> what did you take us for? No one else would come. Oh! <laughs> Prepare to land! In a few moments, we had accomplished the touchdown. One by one, they stepped out onto the mysterious planet. Then Corporal Honey dashed forward and planted a flag. It'll never grow. <laughs> I claim this land for Buxton, Derbyshire. What? There's nothing wrong with Buxton. I'm not ashamed of where I come from. Anyway, Bellotti comes from Birmingham. Oh, all right. Don't tell them. Anyway. Anyway, I was the first man on Venus. No, no, you weren't. Who are you? I'm Venus. Oh, Wait a minute. If this is Venus, we must be on Mars. But there's no life on Mars. There's no life in Birmingham, are <laughs> We should try Buxton. <laughs> right. But tell us more about your people. Well, we're very well developed here. Yes, and that too. <laughs> we are perfect beings. We have abolished all forms of manual labor. We leave all lovemaking to computers. Look, here comes one now. You want a good time, Ducky? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> A man could lose himself in that creature's passionate embrace. You see, it's all done by machines. You mean, if a man made advances to you, you wouldn't realize it? No. <laughs> right now, I'll stay with Venus and you two go off and explore. No, no, I'll stay with Venus and you two go off and explore. No, you two go off and I'll stay and explore Venus. Look. <laughs> who's captain in this sketch? You are! And who's going to stay here with Venus? You, you are. are! Oh, am I? Oh. In a fine fashion, Corporal Honey stormed off, his upper lip quivering with moustache. He strode into the unknown with private enterprise supporting his rear. It's all right, sir, I've got it. <laughs> then, suddenly, there on the path, a sign of life. Look, a half-smoked salmon. No, it's a red herring. Shh. Shh. Yes, it'll hear us. No, it's deaf. Then let's help it. Of course. We'll give it a herring aid. How can you... <laughs> How can you say that? Honestly, no. Hmm? I think it's... I think it's trying to speak to us. No, no. You're hearing things. Oh. <laughs> oh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I heard something. There's something behind him. No, there isn't. Yes, there is. Listen. Boom. Oh. oh. What hideous fiend. What nightmarish ghoul. What freakish trick of nature. What ghastly vision of evil. What is it? It's me. Uh, Who are you? I'm the leader of an evil and vile race. Heavens, the Welsh. <laughs> no, no, no. May I have the pleasure of inviting you to step into this bottomless pit? Oh, thank, thank you. you. Inside, everything seemed normal, but then the quicksilver mind of Corporal Honey whirled into action. Wait a minute. Bottomless pits don't have any bottoms. Yes. Yes. into a yawning chasm. Mm. What on earth will happen to them as they go falling, falling, falling down into the impenetrable depths, falling on and on into danger, danger? Let's leave them there for a while. <laughs> Meanwhile, Captain Marvellous was still escorting Venus. I've still got something else to show you. 
possible. Look, my time chamber. Come inside, Captain Marvelous. Righty ho. Good heavens, you're losing your sense of time. This is remarkable. We're going back into history. I open the door and look. Where else should we have landed but 12th century Greece? 14th century Scotland. Quite right, we should have done. But what time is it? I'll ask a policeman. Excuse me, Constable, have you got the time? Certainly, sir. Your place or mine. <laughs> but then, suddenly, there was a sickening thud. <laughs> the time machine started to vibrate, and with a jolt, Venus was thrown forward. Ah! Are you all right? Yes. Oh, I felt for you. So I noticed. <laughs> then the machine moved again, and suddenly they found themselves falling, falling, falling oh, into get a off, Get off. off. Oh, you're away. Wife and two children to support. Go ahead. <laughs> what shall we do? Wait a minute. I've got an idea. No, I haven't. Sorry. Well, think of something. <laughs> well, that's an idea. You stay here and I'll go off with Timothy. Why? Well, then you can have a love scene with Bill Oddie. How boring. What's the matter with that, then? Well, I'm all for little surprises, but not that little. <laughs> Look here! Hang on! Some of the world's greatest lovers were small. Julius Caesar, Nelson, Napoleon, Romeo, Casanova, Don Juan, Albert Higgins. Who's Albert Higgins? You've never heard of him, have you? Never. Of course not. He was very tall. Was he a great lover? No, he was a terrible lover. Meanwhile... <laughs> Captain Marvellous, Corporal Honey, Private Enterprise and Venus were... Falling, falling, falling down, down into the depths, falling on and on into danger, danger. Suddenly, they all came to rest at the same time. Hello, we've come to rest. Carry on. Thank you. Ah, that's better, but now we must get back to the rocket ship. Our oxygen's getting thin. Not to mention the plot. I thought I heard something. It sounds like the ship's radio. Attention, attention. All personnel will report immediately to Studio 5. All personnel will report immediately to Studio 5, including cast and Doctor Who, please, lads. <laughs> Sounds as if we're wanted back on Earth. All right, everyone, back in the ship. Venus, we're going back to Earth. Are you coming with us? No, I'm staying. Someone's got to look after the ranch. Of course. Well, then, Venus, this is the end. Goodbye, Earthman. Goodbye, Venus. We'll miss you. I know. Let's rename our rocket ship after her. Let's call it the Good Ship Venus. But, oh, gosh, you should have seen us. The cabin board. Goodbye. 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 And so, as the sun sets slowly in the north, our three gallant heroes began their takeoff for more adventures. And remember, friends, the more you take off, the more adventures you can have. And so, with the mysterious haunting sound of the Angus Prune Tango, we sadly come to the end of this edition of I'm Sorry, I'll Read That Again, which was brought to you by the makers of Timbrook Taylor, John Cleese, David Hatch, Joe Kendall and Bill Oddie. So, suffice it only to say... Suffice it only to say... that the scripts were written by Graham Garden, Eric Idle and Bill Oddie, with additional material by Ray Butler and Ian Fagelson. Songs were by Dear Little Bill Oddie, arrangements by Leon Cohen, and the music by famous Dave Lee and his sextet. We're so lucky. The programme was produced by Humphrey Barclay, who is looking extremely handsome. And for a new job. <laughs> anyway, joking apart, that's it until next week, when you'll hear Mr. Show Business himself, John Otto Cleese, shouting to the hills... Through the hills! Thank you, Spoon, and I was late to a story on